Parenting and Parents on 702. Parenting and Parents Time, and we're joined by Susan Gregor Harlan, family and parenting coach on the subject of the boundaries between a parent and the nanny. Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me once again. You know, Susan, I wanted to start this conversation um, sharing a story about my son, but I realized I want to take it so much further back to look at what the roles were of nannies in homes, even back, you know, pre-democracy, where nannies were even breastfeeding on behalf of of um, mothers. And I was wondering if you could share, you know, any key notable changes you have seen with the roles of nannies outside of, you know, domestic workers, nannies having more rights and support, with, you know, under the Employment um, Act and the CCMA? You know, what I think is quite confusing is I think we're lumping two professions under one name. Mm. So you have a domestic worker who is the lady who cleans your house and you have a nanny. Mm. So I think we have to be very definitive of what the person in our home, their actual role is. Are they there to clean your house and help you in that way? Or are they there to watch your children? What is their dominant role? Mm. And I'm glad you're mentioning that because many of the people actually, I don't know a single person in my life personally that I have access to that much information about them who has the separate roles. So, Taking the South African context and the many homes that exist and what majority of individuals will have of a dual role, right? And we can obviously speak to the nanny aspect of the role. Would you say maybe the the, the, the job evolved that the role became blended? I think it did. And in previous, you know, before before democracy, a lot of nannies lived on the property. That is not so much mm. the case anymore. So long ago, they were very much a part of the family. Mm. And now not so much, but expectations of them are still there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've seen the many conversations online where um, a domestic worker will be employed and they'll say, the kids are older. You don't have to do much for them except help prepare supper. And then later there's a fight of like, but you didn't do homeworks. Like that was never part of my job description. Would you say maybe exactly. that is one of the key challenges where a person's job description and expectations are not fully laid out at the beginning? A hundred percent. You have to be very clear of what you are expecting of them. Mm. Um, and if it changes, you have to update it and you have to ask them if they're okay with that. Mm. You know, because now you're asking them to do a job that they weren't employed to do. Mm. Mm. So you have to be constantly communicating with the help in your family. So what would the key differentiators then be between a nanny and an au pair? So an au pair is normally someone who arrives, fetches the children from home or has a set hour and their primary role is to look after the child. Um, so they, they purely just see to the needs of the child. Yes, yes. So let, let's assume the scenario where this is just a nanny. They're not doing the domestic work in the house. It is just the person who is responsible to assist with raising of the child. And let's assume in this household we're talking from 
infancy and this person might be also possibly doing night shifts. What are you finding the current trend is? I mean, we know the economy is not great. Many people lost their jobs um, from COVID. But what are you seeing in terms of nanny roles? I'm seeing that the nanny role is either increasing dramatically, as you say, now staying over at night because mom and dad have got to work. Um, and they haven't been given clear instructions of what is allowed and what not is allowed and what isn't allowed. And sometimes, actually, as well, they haven't been put on to nanny courses. First aid, they mm. haven't they haven't gone on. You know, which is vital if you are going to ask someone to be watching your child, mm. because you know, if if they're not told that this is what you're going to be doing, you know, I need you to be able to watch my child when they're swimming. But can your nanny swim? Mm. Mm. And what happens if they have to get into the pool and then an accident happens? Who's at fault? Mm. So if we take it a step back um, at the part of, you know, recruitment, what, are the, what is the key information that you think needs to be shared pl- prior to employing someone? And then I'm going to sit on the side of the parents here having been a first-time mom myself Realizing there's certain things I don't know are going to happen, but the communication had to obviously evolve as the child grows up and you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize we would need this kind of support. Yes, absolutely. So the first thing, if you are going for an agency, you have to stipulate exactly what you're wanting. So when my children, when my my firstborn was born, I wanted someone to purely look after her because I didn't want to send it to Kresheri. So I stipulated I'm looking for a child minder. Mm. So she needs to be first aid trained. Mm. I wanted her to be, to be literate, to be able to write things down for me. Mm. So I could write instructions, you know, my baby needs this medicine, or, and they needed to be literate to be able to do that. Um, have a driver's license. Mm. Um, certain things, so it's exactly what you are needing for them to be able to provide for your child. Mm, mm. Was there any, um, you know, um, early development childcare course that they've been on, things like that? Mm. What is their history? I need to know that they've worked with other families with children before, and I need to be able to contact those families and see how they were. And so those are things that are vital if you are employing someone to look after your child. Mm, mm. And there are some amazing agencies out there that, you know, provide childcare certificates um, that um, provide, you know, individuals that have the first aid courses, the CPR and all of those things. Now, hundred percent. what I discovered, you know, on the journey <laughs> where initially um, live in was just not possible. And then you realize living is going to be necessary because of my Mm. hours and a person having to leave at a certain time because they also have a small child was just Mm. not feasible. So how do you have those conversations as things evolve? Because I also had a scenario where there's certain things that we all just assume are common sense in the middle of COVID. (laughs) The nanny at the time kissed my child on the lips and I wanted to die. And the the thing is, she was coming in and out using public transport. And in Mm. my mind, I was like, we all know we're in a pandemic. It's not something you would need to discuss. And then I realized you actually have to be explicit with certain things because she did this in front of me and saw nothing wrong. And I had to be like, 
I know he's adorable. Yo, he is so kissable. <laughs> but please don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I think that the way to go is to always assume that everybody knows nothing. Mm. That it's not common sense. Assume that nothing is common sense. Mm. Mm. So you have to explain it to whoever's in charge of your child or helping you. You have to explain step by step exactly what you are wanting and what is allowed and what is not allowed. What are the common blind blind spots? I mean, other than the kissing thing, what are the common blind spots? Um, The setting of boundaries of children. So if they have done something wrong, is your nanny, is one's nanny allowed to reprimand one's child? And if so, how do they go about doing it? Mm. Mm. And then the other thing that I find is quite common is what amount of respect is expected from the child towards the nanny? Oh, that is so deep. And does the child know the role of the nanny? You went very deep here. Oh, I need us. <laughs> no, because what you're saying is so valid. And I think in some homes, it happens naturally where the parents expect the child to treat the nanny the exact same way that they would treat their parents or aunts, uncles in terms of respect. Mm-hmm. But they are nannies who are treated by kids like they the children like they work for the children the child can bark orders at the nanny and now it's like you don't have the parents backing so you're stuck with this five-year-old ordering you around (laughs) yes and they have and the nanny feels that they can't come to their boss and say this is how i'm being treated you know but invariably sometimes the the parents treat the nanny in such a way so the child's doing learned behavior. So in terms of maybe then before the recruitment process, what I learned just talking to mom groups is like what kind of questions should you ask in an interview? And a friend of mine, you know, shared something so powerful. She said to me, you need to ask what they believe in, not just religion, but also culturally in terms of, what is the role of a child in a home? And I never thought of that prior to going through the process. Like, do you think a child has a say in a house? Do you believe that children should have a voice? Because that will answer a lot of the questions and might show you if they align with your values or not. So what are some of those questions that you think could be asked right up front that might give you an indication if this is going to gel and be a fit or not? Um, That's a lovely question that your friend put to you, and I think she's very bright. No, it's 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 because she got messed over by two nannies prior and then learned. learned. She was like, I didn't realize that I had to tell this person we don't believe in that in this household. Yeah, so you also need to look at the age gap. So sometimes the older nanny will expect a lot more respect, mm. um, but they will be more tolerant. As in Whereas like a, a, nanny, go-go, a go-go level a nanny. Go-go. Yes. A go-go level nanny. Where the younger, a younger nanny might have an understanding, but be less tolerant. Mm. As so you in, have to ask, do you mean like less uh, patient? Yes, less mm. patient, especially if... She needs to clean house as well. You know, their tempers might flare a lot faster, especially if they're moms themselves. I mean, we all know how tired we are as moms. Um, so I always ask about 
who is at home with you? Are you a mom of a young baby? Mm. Are you a mom of a toddler? Are you a mom? Where are you as a nanny in being a mom? Or are you not a mom yet? How much experience being a parent counts towards being a nanny? Because in my mind, I'm in two minds. A part of me feels like it doesn't count because raising your own children versus looking after other people's children is not the same. You, you, you will put up with a lot because it's your child, but you might not have a tolerance for other people's children. <laughs> then you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> if you now have no tolerance for children, then do not be a nanny. <laughs> yes, this is true. You know, I always think that, first of all, I like to, if you're going to interview someone, have them come to your house. Actually see them interact with your child. Mm. Because a child's reaction is always first part. Mm. Mm. You know, I said when we, when we take children, when we're thinking of schools for our little ones, take your child, have your child. I mean, I was an au pair after, after varsity. Yes. And my interview was, I was left with the children in a room. Mm. And I mean, they were preschool. And then the mom then asked questions of the children mm. once I'd left. She had interviewed me and then she asked the children when I was not there. Mm. You know, and if it's a, if it's an infant, does your is your baby settled in the nanny's arms that you're interviewing her? Mm. Mm. You know, because children feel energies, they feel vibes of people. Even if the person has got a wonderful smile on their face, the, the baby will feel something from that nanny. Mm. Mm. And I mean, you know, w- without even playing with the idea of nanny horror stories, of which there are many, I think what you're emphasizing is the chemistry between child and nanny because it will make your life only harder if every time you have to leave for work, this child now won't stop sobbing beyond the separation anxiety but because they're being left with that person. Absolutely, and a child will tell you. And, you know, if you're a mom thinking of going back to work, get the nanny to come in as a trial basis while you are still there. Hmm. Mm. And then what I, what I tell new moms is then go to pick and pay, leave for an hour, you know, so that you can sort of wean yourself off and wean, <laughs> wean nanny into the job and then see how things are when you've come back from pick and pay. So one of the things I also got advised was um, like what you say, having a trial day um, of which you must pay for the trial day. That's not, you know, pay for the trial day after the interview okay. and the trial day was to, you know, ask them, just observe. Don't give them too many instructions, but just observe like nappy changing time, bottle feeding time to get an understanding of what level they are at. Lovely. Is, is that something that you advice. would advise? Good advice. Good advice, yes. And always, you know, if you find it's a nanny that you are keen for, as well, then say it's a three-month probation. They have mm. to understand that. I'm giving you three months. If it's not working for me, not working for my baby, then it's, it's not going to work. Mm. Mm. But so, definitely sit there and just, just observe. Just observe. Coming back to the boundaries, um, I, I had a little bit of a wake-up moment. I mean, it wasn't a crisis or anything, but when the nanny left, on Saturday to 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 go for her you know her time off my son had the biggest meltdown you know oh. sobbing at the gate sobbing you know that he wants to go with her, with her. and then that realization that 
this person's been with us since he was six months old. That was over oh. two years ago. And realizing that that attachment and the bond that forms. Now, we also know, because it is real, I've seen it happen with other moms, where nannies outgrow or your child outgrows their nanny. Some nannies are really yeah. great with infants, but maybe not so great with toddlers. Yeah. And then that switching happening. How, how would you say parents should deal with it where they feel like they're at a point where like, you know what? I think that my child's needs are no longer matching what this person is able to give. But you are also feeling for that connection that your child has with the nanny. So, so I'm not understanding the question. So are you saying to dismiss the nanny then, let her go, or to keep her, or just to change the job description that the nanny then requires? No, so let's say you have reached a point where, you know, I know somebody who is in a situation where they gave a person opportunity to, you know, step up for the new age that the child is at. They were unable to. They had a discussion. It was all agreed about them parting. But their biggest thing was around the child loving this person who is gone. So how, okay. how should you as a parent manage that? Because, yes, they're an employed person, but to your child, that, that's somebody that they love and are familiar with yes. and know. Yes. Then you, then you deal with it the same way that you would deal with someone, for lack of a better word, passing away, or someone moving overseas. You would treat it in the same way as, your yeah, family immigrating. Mm. We're going to see this person, but they're not going to be here all the time. Mm. And they're not going to be here all the time because you're getting bigger and you've got to go to big school now or, you know, my nanny retired. My nanny is, you know, I said to my kids, she's, she's a go-go now. She wants to go home. She wants to sit and not have to run around mm. children. And as long as you explain it to children and let them say their farewells and let them still communicate the odd WhatsApp, the odd FaceTime because everyone has a phone, yes. let them do that mm. so that it's not, not a complete cutoff. And um, there's a WhatsApp message here. When I was a child, my nanny was left to do all the parenting. My mom was passive and busy with her career and studies, too busy to be a mom. My nanny is the one that helped me deal with my first period while my oh. mom said it's none of her business. She even used, uh, okay, I can't say that on air. I still feel like I grew up without a mom to the extent that I have never had a nanny for my child and actually quit my job instead because I wanted to raise my child myself and give my child what I never had, a present mom. Now, that is a no. tough one. And there are moms who will start to feel like, yo, my child is crying for somebody else and not for me. How does one find that balance because if baby's still at home and you're at work eight nine hours a day of course there's going to be a familiar bond um that is developing between the two of them and maybe nanny's now figured out how to put them to bed easily and all these things and the parents feel left out okay you know then you treat it like you would another parent fathers don't put babies to sleep the same way as moms do mm. they don't so what you'd have to do is You'd have to make concerted efforts to make sure that your time with your baby is quality time. So don't be feeding your baby baguette on your phone, mm, mm. you know, while you're feeding them. So you'd have to spend more quality time with them. And you'd have to, I mean, if it's a toddler, speak about the nanny like you would speak about daddy. Okay, but mm. mommy's going to read your story mm. and mommy does it differently. Mm. So it's all about speaking to our children about the roles and acknowledging their feelings for their nanny. Mm. But mommy's here now and mommy loves you. I know mommy does it differently 
to Anna, but mommy's here and mommy's going to do it this mm. way. Let's quickly take a listen to a voice note. Good day, this is Sim. I hear you guess talking about the type of skills you will need from, in, uh, from someone that she impresses in him. That she must have a driver's license, have done a course in first aid, childhood development. But the reality is this. With all of this, would she be, would she be willing to pay the salary that is in line with someone that's got all those skills? Because wanting someone that's got certain skills is one thing, but would she be willing to pay that name mm. for mm. a skill that she's got? Susan, I mean, in closing and to respond to that WhatsApp, are you seeing people that are willing to pay? I've seen advertisements in the agency groups that people are paying up to 8,000 rand a month um, for highly skilled nannies. What are you seeing um, um, in terms of nanny payment ranges? And then to wrap up, final thoughts on this uh, subject. The, the range is very, but as you say, it can be quite high. But if you if you like a nanny and yet say she hasn't been first aid trained, there's nothing stopping you paying for her first aid treatment, mm-hmm. for her first aid courses. So then that can be, you know, you can say, I will send you on these courses. So mm-hmm. I'm empowering you. So if ever you leave me, mm-hmm. you can then ask a higher salary. But I am, I'm educating you. I'm bettering your ability for further on. Mm, mm. So it's all about negotiation and what you can afford. I mean, we have what you can honestly afford. Um, and then what your needs are. You know, someone who's got teenagers but wants an, a, a nanny there to be there to sort out their sports gear doesn't need a driver's license. Mm. Or maybe they do need a driver's license but not first aid. Mm. And thank you so much, uh, Sammy, for that question because that is the reality. Uh, Susan Gregor Harland, thank you so much for coming through to talk to us about this. And I'm sure the conversations around the relationships between nannies and parents will not end there.